It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks go into the draft with no picks. But could they make another move to get back into the the draft? Lots to talk about that. And what other deals in the NBA could go down that could help the Mavericks? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Mavericks. Let's go. I'm Luka Lentich, and this is Locked On Mavericks. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way to help grow the show is to comment anything below shout out to the comment anything below squad whatever we want to call it <laughs> the brigade the anything below brigade they literally just say anything below and that's like a whole bunch of comments love those uh under on, on comments what moves do you want to see the mavs make today let us know in the comment section what moves do you want to see the mavs make on draft day joining me as always my co-host writer and contributor at mavs.com the live lord the one more thinking what you got for me isaac harris Oh, man. NBA draft day. I'm so excited. Yes, you said live, Lord. I'm going live with the Mavs uh, Thursday night. I was going to get my days mixed up. Draft Thursday, night, yeah. yeah. draft night, Thursday night. Um, myself, Bobby Corrala, Machine, the Mike. Dirk. Uh, Austin, Austin Gruya, Dirk, Dirk's <laughs> friend. Um, there's a there's different people that are gonna join that live stream. But if you want to watch the draft, but also watch a live stream, Mavs, you know, focus. Go to the Mavs YouTube channel. Go to twitch.tv slash Dallas Mavericks. It's it's a lot of fun. The studio is really cool, so it'll be fun. On today's show, we're gonna talk about some Mavs rumors going into the draft, a potential trade the Mavs could do with the Sixers that has been rumored, and then I want to talk about. A bunch of trades around the NBA. There was the Jeremy Grant trade that actually happened with the Blazers. And then 
DeAndre Ayton, there's rumors about him. There's rumors about the Clippers, the Grizzlies. The, is the John Jazz. Collins available? John Collins is available for like anything. That trade's about to go down while we're recording. Oh, I'd be, I'm ready for it. But what deals could happen around the NBA and around the, the Western Conference specifically that could actually help the Mavericks? We'll talk about all that on today's show. But first, let's start with the rumor that actually happened from a bunch of different sources today, including our own Mavs draft, Richard Stamen, saying the Mavericks are trying to get back into the 30s, like trying to trade back into the draft somehow to get back in there. Isaac, what was your first thought hearing that the Mavs are trying to get back into the draft? My first thought was, man, it's so good that we spent a lot of yesterday's podcast talking about how the Mavs could trade back into the 30s it's true. Uh, and we different ways it. to do that. So go listen to that um, episode yesterday because we talked about that a lot. I literally, a, a bunch of different ways, like shedding money type ways. We talked about the the idea of hitting reset on Josh Green, yep. of getting a pick in the 30s. There's a bunch of different ways. We talked about them possibly just buying a pick in the 30s in the second round. So like there are multiple different ways Dallas could get into the 30s. So that was my first thought. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, we covered this <laughs> on today's pod. Um, but and, and we said this, I don't want to repeat everything we said yesterday, but look at some of the guys that we know worked out for Dallas. We know they worked out Coloco. We know they yep. worked out Kamagate. You know, there's some other names too. And it's like, these guys are now getting mock draft, like mocked in that thirties range in the second round. So all there's so many picks that could be up for grabs, especially in the second, maybe not the first. I mean, some first stuff will, will move around, but if Dallas wants to do that, and there's less guaranteed money in that too. So I, I feel like some people might say, well, what's, why not move into the end of the first compared? Like there's different it takes contracts. Less. It, takes it, takes, it takes less. The guaranteeing contracts for a first round pick compared to a second round pick. You can, it's easily, I mean, look at Tyler Bay. That was a, that was a pick in the thirties that turned into a two-way contract. Like mm-hmm. these picks can turn into two-way contracts. There's just a lot more flexibility contract-wise with a second-round pick compared to picking in the first. And the Mavs will have one of those two-way spots open. Maybe they keep, maybe they retain Moses, right? But we know Theo Pinson already can't be a two-way guy. He yeah. has to move into a, a, a you know, a guaranteed like contract, and the Mavericks are rumored to do that. So they will have at least one, maybe two of those two-way spots open. And so maybe you get one of those guys. In the second round, and like you said, a bunch of the guys that they've worked out, including Trevor Keels, who we'll talk about a little bit later, um, that they've worked out and they've looked at and, and thought about um, from Duke, that they could get back into the draft and get a guy like that. I mean, he's mocked in basically just the 30s, right? Like the 34, I mean, 39. I mean, people, there's going to be other wings that drop there in the 30s that sure. if, you know, if Dallas doesn't want to go the big man route and they don't want to go, you know, the Coloco Kamagate route, which... Kamagate is the guy that if if I had to put money down that if Dallas trades up into the 30s, they're going after him. I'm down. But I'm down. Is it a hot take saying that I think he'll do better than Walker Kessler in the league? Uh depends on who you ask. <laughs> if you ask I was say, e- if you ask ESPN who put who put Walker Kessler at like 19 in the first round, then then that is pretty hot take. But if you ask Richard yeah. Stamen, it's not at all. <laughs> we know how Richard Or Raphael. Uh, Jalen Williams, you know, from Arkansas is another big mm-hmm. that could be in that range. We like but there's also, there's also wings like, you know, the Duke guards. Like, we'll talk about kills later. Wendell Moore could be there. Kendall Brown could drop to there. You know, Prashida is a guy we didn't get a you know, chance to really do a profile on, but the Italian wing, who's a lot of fun. Like, he he could be there. Raphael like, brought this- him up when we had him on, like, last week. Yeah, yeah, he did. So there, there's just a lot of options. There's potential swing guys like 
Do you swing on a Pat Baldwin there? Do you swing on, Ooh. you know, a Houston or a Watson from UCLA? Like these guys are highly ranked, you know, high school guys, but didn't perform well in college that could be swing type of players for the Mavs that they trade in. Yeah, so there's a bunch of different options there. That's what I think the Mavericks will, will try to do today. We'll see if they can get it done or not. But they'll try to get back into the 30s in some way. They'll, they'll try to get a second-round pick. Maybe it's one of those cost-saving moves, like you said. Uh, other other rumor that came up today is, according to Tim McMahon, Maxi Klebo remains a significant part of the Mavs' plans after the Christian Wood trade. His $9 million salary isn't guaranteed until July 4, but that's considered a formality. This wasn't a real concern to me. This is like, you know, a thing that you kind of expect. It's like you, you I texted this to you earlier today, and you said, yeah, that and the John Wall thing are both – is as equally as surprising that he picked up <laughs> that he picked up his player option, but it is good to see. We talked yesterday. How much is Cuban going to want to spend? This is a salary that wasn't guaranteed, and if they wanted to cut costs, this is a super easy way they could have done it. But Maxi is such a huge part of this Mavericks rotation. It's good to see them, you know, saying he's still part of the rotation and still part of the Mavs' plans. Performed well in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think they make it to the conference finals without him. So no. doesn't mean that he could be he, he could be in a potential trade in the future or yeah. you know sometime this year he will, will be expiring contract. Him and Dwight together will be expiring twenty million. Uh, so I mean I'm not saying that that won't happen, but to pick up his contract, I think that's a no brainer. He's he's a vital part to the rotation. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so it's good to see that, and good to see that. Um, the Mavericks can continue to keep him a, a part of the plans because I could see him and Christian Wood starting at some point. If the, if the defense of Christian Wood is so bad at a certain point, they're like, all right, we have to do something. And so that's Maxie and Christian Wood. And then all of a sudden you have something and it just gives them more options. It's all about the flexibility. And it's like, let's just, let's say they move into, you know, the, the thirties and they get one of the bigs, they get a Coloco that they worked out or Kamigate. It's like, all right, well now you have your legit rotation, right? Like you have a Christian Wood, you have Maxi, you have Dwight, you have your young center that now you can like take the time, develop some, you know, if Maxi missed some games. If Christian Wood has to miss some games, like you could throw Kamigate or Coloco out there. Like it, it makes sense to round out a rotation with like a second round big. And then you roll into camp with those four bigs and they all kind of bring something different to the table. So yeah, heck yeah. Bring Maxi back. Absolutely. Let us know in the comment section. What do you think the Mavericks do on draft night? It's coming up. It's coming up tonight. There's a lot of stuff that the Mavs could do. Let us know in the comment section, but coming up, there's a bunch of deals around the NBA that could happen. We've already seen the Jeremy Grant deal happen. What could affect the Mavericks? If DeAndre Ayton gets moved from the Suns, what does that mean for the Mavs? There's a lot of other things. We'll talk about all the that potential and more. All the rumors we'll talk about coming up. But before we do, boom shakalaga. We have big news. The one and only NBA Jam is back. Arcade 1UP, the leader in at-home retro arcade gaming, is not only bringing the best game ever back, but they've made it bigger and better with a Shaq edition machine. People are obsessed with NBA Jam. We've loved NBA Jam since we were kids. It's super fun. It's It was like the... NBA Street was one of my favorite games, but I feel like this was sort of what birthed NBA Street, right? Like you, I don't know if you have NBA Street, the video game, without NBA Jam. Uh, and it's just a game that you can fire up at any point, jump in, play a couple rounds, pick the duo that you want, and just go for it. So right now, you can get one at arcade1up.com. That's arcade, the number one up.com. You can get one for your house, and it's not going to cost you thousands of dollars. They have a bunch of classics. 
Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and a bunch of others starting at just $399. These aren't going to cost you $2,000, $3,000. The Shack Edition one is like $700, $800, which is a lot of money, but not as much as I thought that some of these machines cost for sure. So enter for a chance to win a free console for your man cave or your she shed, wherever, whatever you're going to put it, arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter to win an NBA jam, arcade1up.com slash locked on. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Isaac, one NBA draft show is not enough for Locked On. We're going to be posting all throughout the night, so... Whatever you're interested in for the Locked On, go check out that Locked On channel. Locked On Mavs will be posting an episode later in the night, but for everybody else that has a pick, we will be posting videos all throughout. So go check out Locked On NBA on YouTube or whatever team you're interested in. Go check out their Locked On page on YouTube. All right, Isaac Harris. Uh, before we get into some other deals that could help the Mavericks, there's a rumor that's going around that the Philadelphia 76ers are shopping or asking anybody for what do you guys think about Danny Green, Matisse Tybel, they've thrown out Tobias Harris, and the 23rd pick. What do you think about a package of Danny Green, Tybel, 23 for possibly, you know, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. or something like that? Or what do you think about that package that the Sixers have? And they're shopping furiously. Yeah, so for Philly, you know, they're they're trying to cut some money. They want to try to spend it somewhere else. It looks like by reports of like, yeah. hey, if they could go out and get a PJ Tucker. Remember, Danny Green's out for pretty much all of next year. So yeah. he's just a, a negative for them. They're obviously in win now mode. So they want they want a guy on the perimeter that can come off the bench or be in the rotation. So at that point, it's like, all right, if they're shopping Danny Green in 23 for a rotation piece, I've seen like Eric Gordon's name thrown out. It's like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Houston would get a first round pick. Eric Gordon's a little older. Does a Tim Hardaway like work for work for them? Is that enough for Dallas though? Like, do you trade Tim Hardaway to basically get the 23rd pick? The thing about it is you're not really shedding money because you're still taking Danny Green's 10 million. You're still taking somebody else. Now, here comes where this is where Tybal comes in. It's like, all right. So basically, would you trade, would you get the you know 23rd pick in Tybal for for Tim Hardaway? I just don't think Philly does that. And I I don't know. Like it just depends on how desperate Philly is for another outside shooter on on their rotation. And the Mavericks have gotten rid of all their like their filler guys too. <laughs> they got them got rid of all of them in a trade with with the, the the Rockets for Christian Wood. So like the deal that you could actually make that works in the in the the cap mach- the salary cap machine 
is Tim Hardaway for Danny Green, Matisse Teibel, Cork Maz, and then you get that pick too. So you got to figure out something. Like you wave Danny Green because you don't want that roster spot taken up by him. Then it's a, basically a two for one. It's Tybal and Cork Maz. Then you have that. See, pick. see, I th- I think you probably keep Danny Green for the ten million. That's a that's a lot of money to just wave. So but you it's, could, it's all about roster spots at that point because you're it's a two, it's a one for four basically. Like you're you're doing the same thing you just did for Christian Wood back basically. Yeah. True. True. So I I don't know. I I want to see what Philly how we're about to see how desperate Philly is gonna get if they're gonna like trade Tybal and the twenty third pick to try to get somebody what's the best player than they get for that are they really going to trade that for eric gordon that would be kind of surprising to me if they did get that 23rd pick who are you looking at in the draft oh well tari eason is my guy that's your guy so <laughs> if, i don't know if he's if gonna be can, there at this point i see him i don't think he would, at 15 and in our ultimate mock draft he got taken at 16 yeah i don't think he uh he'll be there either but i mean any of those wings through there like i mean you start looking at i mean somebody's gonna drop too so does you know? Doesn't AJ Griffin fall that far? Probably not, no. because I mean, he's going to be in the, those top teens there. But I don't know. Does Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara? Does I, a guy that I'm I'm worried about for him dropping is Akbaji just because his age. We see these guys that you know he's already 22, but he would fit in Dallas coming so off the bench. Old. <laughs> so old. So old. Uh, we you know we like EJ Liddell. Um, there's just a bunch of guys through there. How how are you on Jake Laravia? Like, when, if you move up to 23, there you could get one of those wings theoretically. Do you swing it at uh, Jovich there? I mean, you could. Do you swing? <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people in the comments would love the swing at Jovich at that point. For sure. Kai Soto. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some deals around the NBA that could actually help the Mavericks. The deal that actually went down today is the. The Portland Trailblazers getting Jeremy Grant for a future pick, a 2025 first round pick that they got from the Bucks, basically. And now it sound now the rumor is that they're going after OG Ananobi with the seventh pick. I don't think that happens for them. But what did you think about this this Blazers deal? And what do you think? How do you think it affects the Mavs? Well, I think from a Mav- real quick from a Pistons standpoint, I was shocked that that's all they got for Jeremy Grant. But also at the same time, if you're Detroit and you're saying. You can walk into the summer with Kate Cunningham, potentially Jaden Ivey, and $56 million in cap space. I mean, you just have a blank canvas. So you're not even counting Sadiq Bay, Killian, you know, Hayes. It's like, what do you do with those guys? But like you have your two theoretical cornerstones and you have a ton of cap space. So that's fun. Like if you're a Pistons fan, it's you're kind of playing with house money with the Jeremy Grant thing. For Portland, he was also expiring. With, you know, which- exactly. Yeah, and you got to pay him and all that. If if you're Dallas, the main thing you're watching is all these other teams in the playoff picture in the West, and it's like, yeah, you see a team like Portland, Dame's going to be back healthy, and you don't want them to be good. Like you know, Jeremy Grant's going to be a, a solid addition for them if they could turn seven into OG somehow. And it's like now this Portland team, they're probably going to bring back Nurkic, and it's like now they added Jeremy Grant and OG to their team, like a team that has always struggled. feels like they've always been looking for the wing defender guy ever since Batum left. And now they're going to have both of these guys. And I, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're like top of the West, but I don't think they're in the bottom of the West next year with that. Yeah. I don't think the OG trade happens. I sent it to, (laughs) I asked Sean Woodley, our lockdown Raptors host. And he said, "Ugh." Ugh, he basically just rolled his eyes in a text. It's basically what, what he said to me about that trade. Doesn't think it's going to happen. We'll see about that. But just with what happened right now, 
it's interesting to see like Portland try to get a little bit better. I just don't see them as a as a team that competes. Like I don't know what they're doing at this point. Like what what is but, but you have to if Dame's willing to stay, you have to. Like you can't I guess you make a move for something, but I mean, it's just another like mediocre West team that uh, Dallas is not concerned about. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. Like, I think the, the person on the outside is saying, Oh, trade Dame, blow it up, you yeah, know, tank right. it out, <laughs> get the picks and all that. But, but if you have your superstar, that's willing to stay and do the whole like Dirk experience, then I, I think you owe it to him to say, no, we're going to, we're going to do our best to be as the best that we can. Even if his name is Bradley Beal and he wants to be the Dirk of DC, <laughs> Dirk's DC. Um, other deals I think could happen. So you mentioned the Pistons. They have a ton of cap space now. They have $43 million in cap space. They could get up to $55 million in cap space. They're going to go after DeAndre Ayton. And if DeAndre Ayton leaves the Pistons, and, and I think that the Pistons, I think the Suns would match anything that any offer sheet that the Pistons sign him to, and then he would have to go back to the Suns. But what if they figure out some kind of sign and trade? I don't know what that would be at this point. Maybe it's the the fifth pick or something like that, or maybe it's even afterward. Maybe it's like a you know centered around Sadiq Bay, or I don't know something around that. But if DeAndre Ayton leaves the Suns, I think that's a positive for the Mavs because I don't think they're getting anything back that would equal DeAndre Ayton. But hear me out. Are we sure it's a positive for the Mavs because we just beat them with Ayton? Um, so. No, but realistically, yes. If if they start breaking up their core, it's a good thing because those guys are young. Booker, eight and Bridges, like all those guys are young, with the exception of Chris Paul. Cam Johnson's younger. So if they start breaking the core up, then see, and they don't get anything back for Aiton, and it's like, what if Detroit get, hands in the max and Sarver's just like, screw it, like we we can't get anything back, or it's like a draft pick, a future pick or something, and that's the signing trade. Then it's like, okay, well now they are worse. So. That's great for for the Mavs, but if you're telling me that they work out some sign and trade with another team, and he goes to another team, and then they get like a really athletic forward or wing or something like that, and it's like, okay, well, I don't know if it's a, a real positive then, because then they can switch and do a lot of things. So it kind of just depends on what the return they get back for Aiden if they do it. The other thing about DeAndre Aiden is there's been rumors that they will trade Cam Johnson for cap relief, basically, so that they can sign DeAndre Aiden. And that's like another positive for the Mavs because they're just getting worse. You know, just overall, they're just overall getting worse as a team, trading away Cam Johnson just to keep DeAndre Aiden. The Arnovitz article about the Suns front office was fascinating. There's some, there's, there's one person on my timeline that just went into a tirade about it. This is why the NBA is the way that it is. And blah, blah, blah. Pez dispenser. It's like, it yeah. like a man yells at cloud, like whole rant he went on about. about Can we the call Suns. him the Kardashian Pez dispenser now since they broke up? <laughs> oh, it's just Pez too dispenser. Soon. Too soon. Sorry. Too Luke soon is out here breaking up relationships. <laughs> breaking up teams and relationships. Breaking up their the, teams. The Jazz, the Suns, like they're all going to break up. Quinn uh, left. The Kardashian left. According to our friend Jake Fisher, Phoenix has also gauged interest for Jay Crowder trades as well. So that could also be another trade. He's Sweet. I think he's on an expiring too, which they'll they could they could trade him for cap relief too, which is another thing. So anytime Phoenix makes a trade and makes them worse and Sarver it makes a cheap move, it's good for the Mavs. I also want to shout out Fisher's report about the Knicks again, that the Knicks are just ramping up, waiting to pursue Jalen Brunson. <laughs> At all cost. Well, one, they got to make this, they got to, they got to shed this money like ASAP. We talked so, about all that yesterday. Yeah. They don't have a ton of options. I mean, Detroit, they could be calling up Detroit right now saying, here, take all of our crap. But uh, <laughs> shout out to them for, for staying, 
committed to Jason JB. Coming up, I got a couple more teams that could make moves that would help the Mavs. Talk about that. And then let's talk about the draft. We made our ultimate draft, our ultimate mock draft pick. We'll tell you what we did there. And then uh, let's talk about the top of the draft. Talk about all that and more coming up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Isaac Harris, we've been talking about deals that could help the Dallas Mavericks from other teams. The Mavs may not make a huge deal on draft night, but there's other deals that could be made. DeAndre Ayton, the Suns, doing all kinds of weird stuff. There's weird rumors coming out of there. If they make any cheap moves, that could help the Mavs. The Clippers have been rumored to be one of the teams interested in Kyrie Irving. I think this is all, all this Kyrie Irving talk is posturing from his camp. I think it's all just him trying to get the Nets to pony up for a deal, but... If the Clippers do get Kyrie Irving, I think that helps the Mavs. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, about what? About any of it? I. It's hard to predict anything with Kyrie, but still, I still tend. I know all of the off the court stuff with him. I get all of it, but there's still there would still be a part of me that would be like, "Dang, that's really talented." Three. It would players. be Nets two point like, It would be just Nets East. What they I, just did with Kevin Durant and Harden. I don't know if it. I don't know if it's that. In a weird way, I know this is going to sound really weird because it's the Clippers, but it seems like they have a, a better foundation like from top to bottom than what Brooklyn did. Like I, Brooklyn just, they put it together on the fly. I think there'd be uh, th- it would be a different thing of saying, hey, Kawhi, Paul, George, Ty Lue, this whole system that we've had, come join it instead of Kyrie and Durant. Like Kyrie sitting over saying, yeah, me and uh, Steve – and you know, uh, front office. We we're going to talk about co- this. We don't have a coach. We just coach ourselves. <laughs> yeah, the like, Kyrie ain't doing that with the Clippers. But I don't know. I mean, I, you can't predict anything with Kyrie. That's why I just don't think you can predict predict anything. And if he couldn't be trusted to like stay on a team with Kevin Durant or be have a huge impact with Ke- with Kevin Durant, who's like his friend, how is he going to do that with Paul George and Kawhi? Like, I just it would just create drama for them. And this, this team has tried to avoid drama. They like send out anybody that causes drama. Montrose Harrell gone, Patrick Beverly gone. They're like anybody that causes drama. We don't want that. Uh, and so that would be tough for them. Uh, and I think it would help the Mavericks. Another trade, a low key one that isn't talked about a lot because this team doesn't get a lot of national praise unless it's just John Morant highlights. The Memphis Grizzlies have been kind of, there's been rumors around that they're gauging like Dylan Brooks trades. Maybe they package Dylan Brooks and, and a couple other pieces for a better player, but if they just dump Dylan Brooks or something, I think that's good for the Mavs. If they dump him, yes, but it feels like if they if they're only going to give him up, if they're going to give him up, it's probably going to trade. It feels like and they make smart dis- draft decisions, so I could see, they could probably they, move up. They move him and get a draft pick. Like, what if they you know they get like a pick in the teens or something? I think that's good for the Mavs too because it it lowers their like timeline, right? Like it pushes their timeline back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see it either way. It just depends on who they get back for him. It's it's not like he's Jaron Jackson or Ja or something no. like that. I mean, that's still their two cornerstones. He's still super but important for them. He is super important for them. Yeah. 
Uh, other one, Utah Jazz, there's all kinds of, I don't even know if they're rumors. It's just like people speculating about what the Utah Jazz could do. I don't know if anybody knows what they're going to do, but any kind of Rudy Gobert or a rebuild type Jazz trade. The one thing I did see was Jake Fisher said a bunch of teams have gauged interest in Royce O'Neal. Um, and if they just trade him for like a first or something like that, or if they start doing some rebuild type trades, then I think that's positive for the Mavs, even though the Mavs just beat them. If they just bow out and they're like, hey, we're going to have like a year or so to where we're kind of down, then yeah, heck yeah, get that, get another team out of the Western Commerce playoffs. Last one is Monte Morris. The Denver Nuggets have gotten a significant trade buzz, according to the Denver Post, about Monte Morris, and they could just trade him for something. And then all of a sudden, like Bones Highland is that mm-hmm. next guy off the bench for them. That's the, that's one that affects it a little bit, not a ton. It doesn't move the needle a bunch, but it would they're make, I think it good. would make them worse. Yeah, but I I still think they're gonna be good for sure. I, mean, I think they, Bo, Bo, I think Bones is good, so they're still gonna be good if they have Monte or not. For sure. Um, let, speaking of the Denver Nuggets, by the way, let's talk about our ultimate mock draft trade because people have been oh, yeah. asking us about it. Um, so we did an ultimate mock draft. It's on the ultimate mock draft podcast feed. It's also um, written up on a, a bunch of Tegna sites. I think Eleven Alive Atlanta wrote it up. I, I tweeted it today. So if you want to go read it, you can do that as well. Um. But our trade was, we decided, we were at 26. This was before the Christian Wood trade. We traded up to 21, and we traded the 26th pick with Tim Hardaway Jr. for Will Barton, the 21st pick, and Jeff Green. We th- they threw in Jeff Green, and then we threw in a future second, I think, just just to, for the Jeff Green uh, trade of it. Um, what did you think about our, and then with our, with, our tra- with our pick, we ended up picking Ujman Jang, who is now slated to like probably go in the teens or maybe even top yeah. 10 in the draft. Oh, I think he's going top 10. Um, yeah, so we obviously love to make these trades and these mock drafts every year. We've done it five straight years. We always make a trade. We have fun with it. And, you know, we were talking about deals of 20, you know, 21, and we were texting. You're like, well, who, who do we even want to trade up for? And because there's a whole aspect of this deal, too, where we're shedding long-term money in Tim's contract. Yeah. Will Bart and Jeff Green were expiring contracts. We're like, all right, we're freeing up some money in the future. But who are we moving up for at 21? Jang had fallen in this mock draft and it's like, let's swing for it. Like at this point at 21, you swing for that talent because man, he's a lot of fun. And when we just look at the, at the draft as a whole and the two biggest swings it, that I'm just fascinated to see how it, how it plays out is Shaden Sharp and Usman Jang. And mm. I love, I love Jang and he had to struggle, struggle the first part of a season for the breakers, those last 10 to 15 games. Just, you just don't see, we're not going to do a full profile right now, but I could no. go all day about <laughs> Jank, but you just don't see a guy at 6'10 that can do what he does. And he's just a, a huge swing that if he hits, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think it, if I'm a team, if I'm a team and, you know, the seven to 12 range, I'm swinging hard. I don't think he lasts past Cleveland. Yeah, so it was, it was fascinating for us to get him at 21, which I think we may have been able to get him at 26 in this, just knowing some of the the guys that were ahead of us and what they would have picked. But it was a huge swing. It's it's like a hey, let's let's take one last big swing at it, develop a guy over the next couple of years, and maybe in like two or three years, all of a sudden the Mavs are thanking their stars because Jang becomes like this pseudo All Star type yeah. player that can get, that can handle the ball and all this, and all of a sudden it, it helps the Mavericks in a big way. And that was also the time when we were hearing the Mavs weren't going to even use the 26 pick for a player. They were going to like stash a player with it or not use one, like not use that pick on a current player in the roster. So there's a bunch of other reasons why we did that. I also just like the 
getting a little bit of depth, like Will Barton instead of Tim Hardaway Jr., Jeff Green adding to that. Like that adds depth to the Mavs rotation. This was before the Christian Wood trade. And so I liked that that aspect of the deal too, bringing in those two guys. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Go listen to it. Go read it, like Nick said. Um, my guy is Tari Eason. I know I've said that before, but you know, we we try to pick some guys, or I try to pick some guys in the draft. I'm like, oh, these are these are my guys that like Donovan Mitchell, loved OG. Um, also loved like Lonnie Walker, and he hasn't panned out <laughs> yet. So it's not like it's you know batting a a thousand percent here, but I just love I, I want to see where Tari Eason lands, and I want a team to kind of give him the time to develop as a defender. He's just a lot of fun, man. That's your that's your guy in the draft. That's my guy in like the teens, you know that that type of range. Not in the top. It, the The top of the draft is is so much fun because I think it's a top four. I think Ivy's in that, and it, for me, I kind of separate it into two two groups. I think it's like Chet and Jabari is the highest highest like floor guys, mm. and I think Paolo and and Jaden yeah, Ivy are the high ceiling guys. And to where, like, me personally, if I'm Orlando, I'm taking Ben Caro. I think Ben Caro can be a number one. I think he's the the highest ceiling guy in the draft, 6'10", what he can do. I think Jaden Ivey is a ton of fun, too. But if you're telling me, like, who I think is the safest fit, pits, picks, it's Chet, it's Jabari. To where, like, Jabari, at his lowest, is going to be an, an elite 3 and D guy that's going to be in the league a, a, a lot of years. At Chet's lowest, I, you know, Bill Simmons is throwing out like a funky, weird Al Horford comp. <laughs> and it's like that. I think that that's Chet's like floor, too. And like both of those are really successful NBA careers. So I personally would go would go with Bancaro. And if Sacramento passes on Jay Nivey because of a fit with De'Aaron Fox, I know <sighs> we don't know if he wants to go there. And it's like if Sacramento passes on Luka Doncic and Jay Nivey because of fits with De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox better be going down as a top 20 all-time <laughs> player. Okay. My guys are, I have two, I, my guys in the draft that I'm really interested to see where they go are two guys that I, I are very kind of similar players, but I think their fit is just so important. And it's EJ Liddell, who we, mm-hmm. who we did a whole profile on. And then Jalen Williams, the one from Arkansas that we did a whole profile on. They're like these, they're like these undersized centers, but they can play the four, but they're a little undersized to do that. And they're just a little less you know, athletic than you would want at that position, but they just have so many instincts and tools that you could just see working really well in this NBA. You could see them both playing in the playoffs and playoff rotations. If certain things pan out like their jump shots or their, you know, their defense and things like that. I'm just really interested to see where those guys go. And it's so fascinating to me that EJ Liddell is so high and Jalen Williams is so low in some mocks. Cause I see them as very similar in certain ways. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Williams could be a pick in the, low second round at this point we don't i don't know where he's gonna go yeah it's very interesting and then the other jalen williams i think the jalen williams from santa clara that flew up that guy is is really interesting to me to see where he goes he's a lot of fun trevor kills what you think about him you know harper from from the athletic threw his name out there that that could be a name that dallas could be looking to trade up for we obviously didn't do a full you know profile on him he's projected to be a second round pick he's been that pretty much all along what what's your what was your initial thoughts? Because I I definitely have thoughts. Him being a Duke guy, I watched a decent amount of their games. But what do you think about him? <laughs> you watched a decent amount of their games, like with a throw up bucket next to you, just, just like <laughs> kind of. But this team is just I I've said it team. over and over over and over again. This is gonna be an all time Duke team that I think we look back on 
of you know Paolo, Mark Williams, AJ Griffin, you know Trevor Keels, Wendell Moore. I think Wendell Moore's gonna be solid in the NBA. I mean, these are five guys that are going to get drafted probably in the top 35 to 40 picks. It's just crazy. Yeah, so the Mavs could take Trevor Keels if they get back into that 30s, like we said at the beginning of the show. Trevor Keels, 6'5", 233 pounds. His wingspan is over 6'7". He's going to be almost 19 at the time of the draft. Went to Duke, like he said, the one sentence from the ringer and NBA.com. A battering ram going to the basket with strong playmaking skills. He needs to improve his shooting consistency. A strong guard that hit the ground running as a secondary ball handler for the Blue Devils and showed his talent in spurts throughout their run to the Final Four. The Athletic had him at 31. ESPN, in one of their early mocks, had him at 26 to the, to the Mavs, actually. Um, the Ringer had him at 39. Uh, Richard Stamen, Mavs draft, had him at 34. Raphael, in his most recent mo- like big board that he just dropped today, Trevor Keels, 57. Woo! Woo! But I, I kind of get it because a, a guard yeah. that didn't really shoot well in college, you're just like, okay, what's and then is not necessarily known for defense. It's sort of like, what's your what's your, going to be your thing in the NBA? I can guarantee you right now, put money on it, that if Dallas drafts Trevor Keels, that Jason Kidd's first thing about him, he's going to say, he's a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, you can't go off of any of the measurements well, or percentages. To be able to touch the car. <laughs> Because that's that's honestly like the crutch of it of like, dude, he's just a basketball player. He knows how to play. Yeah. Because you can't go off measurements. Like he had a, like you said, I mean, he's six five. He has six seven wingspan, so he's kind of squarish. You look at his stuff at the combine. He had a twenty four inch standing vertical. He had a thirty one inch like max vert. Not very, not very great. So he's not like the craziest athlete in the world. No, he he's had the, not a good athlete. <laughs> no, he had the fourth highest body fat percentage. Which uh, whatever you want to feel about that. But he really is like this, like big bodied. I I wrote down stevia stevia Lou Dort, of like, <laughs> it's just like he's not. He just has that like bigger body for a guard. Yeah. He's he's not a great outside shooter. So you're not looking at percentages or like athleticism. There's no agent connection to Dallas. He was a top twenty five recruit in high school. He has average catch and shoot percentages. It's like one of those things where you like you watch and play with this Duke team and you're like, all right, you know where to go. You know what to do. You're a big body guy. Theoretically, you're a really you're a good like switchable type defender, but you don't have a crazy wingspan either. So that's that's the answer from Jason Kidd. It's going to be like this dude's a basketball player and he knows how to play, play to Duke. It's going to be kind of the same stuff like a Jalen Brunson type of like he's not the most athletic, but he knows how to play and all that type. Good morning, Isaac. Lou Dort, by the way, measured at like 6'3", 6'4", with a 6'8", wing, wingspan. So it was like just about the same dimensions as Lou Dort. He's not the defender Lou Dort is either. No. I, I just thought that for body type thing. He could be that, but he Lou Dort's a better defender. Oh, for sure. And he's become a really good NBA player. But yeah, so that's if the Mavericks do get back, watch that. Watch Trevor Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown's another name, too, that oh, yeah. kind of reminds me of. That's a good one. Um, so watch him as a name the Mavs could trade up in. Let us know in the comment section. What move do you want to see the Mavs make today? Go check out Locked on NBA with me and Richard Stamen. We are doing the show today. We'll have all kinds of good stuff. Go check out the ultimate NBA mock draft. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. So, boom! Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.